Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 151, recorded live on Sunday, May 2nd, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who handles all of the programming for the site, Dave Play. Hey! The man who handles none of the programming for the site, Andy Love. Hi. And the man who handles more programming than either one of us, Kyle Ellicott. Hi. I'm, I'm guessing that's true. Is that true, Dave? Kyle programs? <clears throat> Sometimes. On a daily basis. From oh. 9 to 6. PST cool. time. Yeah. What, yeah. what sort of things do you program? Uh, websites, um, oh. web applications, and that's about it. <laughs> Do you have examples of your work? I I do, as a matter of fact. Um, I've done a, a few different websites, but the company I'm currently uh, doing most of my web programming for on a daily basis is FIDM, F-I-D-M dot E-D-U, and FashionClub.com. And then uh, the newest venture I've taken on along with uh, a friend of mine and someone you both know, Brian Robinson. Uh, we started a web application company creating cloud-based web applications. And that's, yeah, yeah. So the website for that, so you guys have it, is uh, heavycloudmedia.com. And then our first application that we are getting ready to launch tomorrow, Monday, um, the second beta four is called Codita, and that's spelled C-O-D-E, like code, and then I-T-A dot com. And the, I went to cloudmedia.com, and it redirects to a, a camping site. Oh, no, it's, it's heavy, heavy cloud media. Oh, heavy cloud media. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I, that's the, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I don't, I'm not just uh, promoting spam or anything like that. So, But uh, yeah, Heavy Cloud Media is the company's website where we'll be listing the applications that we're working on. Um, currently, like I said, Codita is the current application that gets all the love. Um, but uh, we have many more on the way. What language is it written in? Uh, it is done in PHP, a lot of jQuery, a lot of jQuery. Uh, a lot of jQuery <laughs> just just to emphasize a little, little bit of jQuery huh yeah just a little bit um, Andy jQuery is a, a JavaScript interface okay it's uh, it's a beautiful interface as a matter of fact it a, a lot of people use it to replace flash and it, it's more um, cross-browser supported it's fun Andy you should get into it you should help Dave out and learn jQuery yeah that would actually be very nice Andy <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I still remember trying to learn Java in my introduction to programming class at Eastern. That was not fun. No, but that's because you had a terrible, terrible teacher. I had a terrible teacher the first time. The second time, it was still not fun, but I had a better teacher. And wow, you don't want to diss your teacher like that. Oh, um, uh, Kyle? Yes. Uh, only 10% of the class passed that first time. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you needed a, you needed a better teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the newest version of this beta two will have H will be built with HTML five and jQuery. Ooh. In a, yeah. And a hint of PHP. So and all sparkly and new. Yes. Yes. I, I just love how David literally just like walked right into this one. It's like, Oh, you program? <laughs> Why? Yes, I do. Here you go. Kapow, kapow, kapow. <laughs> Andy, you, you don't think that might have been at all intentional in my part? No. 
<laughs> you, sir, underestimate me. <laughs> Dave was just trying to set this whole thing up, Andy, and he did a very good job. Good job, Dave. Thank you, Kyle. Well, now Andy's gone and ruined the whole thing. <laughs> I like pulling back the curtain sometimes and just going, Hi! <laughs> There's no giant head, it's just me. <laughs> Oh, good. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been working on and what I've been programming a lot lately. So, For those of you who don't uh, know who Kyle is, Kyle was actually the best man at my wedding and who I yes. helped move out to California. I'm not sure if we actually talked about it on the podcast or not, but we... Uh, we might have mentioned it. <laughs> we drove from up here in Michigan all the way out to L.A. in one fell swoop. Yep. I think it took us, what, 30... 30- 38 hours or something something like that i am currently in santa monica looking at 70 and sunny weather right now well it's 72 and sunny out here right now (laughs) yeah it's 70 here it's just cloudy as shit (laughs) i've heard it's muggy too but yes oh my god yes (laughs) the the ocean breeze here seems to uh kill off any humidity from the desert so wait shouldn't that be backwards yeah, I should, but I just felt like it was a good thing to say. Okay. <laughs> the ocean breeze killed all the humidity of the desert. Yes. It made it, it's, it's totally not science. That made actually no educational sense. All right, Dave, so, so here's the question for you. The ocean versus Lake Michigan. Go. What? <laughs> well, if you, you had to choose the ocean and Lake Michigan, go. Kyle knows what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Come on, Dave, with the program here. Clearly, this is a program that I was left out of. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to um, underestimate your uh, abilities here, so I was just going to let it go, and I, I guess I have to dial back your little uh, your dial. <laughs> You're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So, Kyle, Lake Michigan yes, versus the ocean. Uh, it's a tough call. Um, Lake Michigan is beautiful. The ocean is also beautiful. It's bigger. I, uh, I'd have to choose actually, which ocean. Do we have to be specific? Well, you're or you're in ocean? L.A., so the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Uh, I think I'd have to choose Lake Michigan. I'd go Lake Michigan if I had to choose between the two. And why is that? Uh, Lake Michigan has some of the most gorgeous sunsets I've ever seen, especially up north. Um, it's nice. It's not too big, not too small. It's perfect size. Um, it's also freshwater. Yes. It doesn't burn your eyes like saltwater. So, um, also, you get sunburned a lot easier in the Pacific than you do in Lake Michigan. So, it's because there's more sun in the Pacific. Yes. Yes, so I will take Lake Michigan for the win. See, Dave, that's all you had to do. You just had to choose one of them. Yeah, but see, I I don't want either. (laughs) Wait, what? I'm not a fan of large open bodies of water. Is this like phobia that you have? Pools. Pools are about it for me, and that's pushing it. Why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you have a bad experience as a kid? Not really, no. I mean, as long as there's a boat between me and the water, that's fine. Well, you could have included that in the question. No one said you had to swim across it. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, not at all. So Dave, I can't just if I take you up to our cottage on Lake Michigan up north, you're not going to have fun. You'll sit on the beach. I will be happy to just sit on the beach. Okay. 
That's. <sighs> I don't know. Andy. Yes. Yourself. Which would, what would you choose? You're sitting here throwing this question to us. Let's, let's throw it back. Lake Michigan or the ocean? I've always been a fan of Lake I'll Michigan. You, I'll give you both oceans as a choice, well, the Atlantic or the Pacific. I have been – I would say the only Pacific I've seen has actually been when we were in Seattle, so it's not really – and that's more of just Puget Sound. <laughs> God, I can't, Which was gorgeous. Yeah, it is, but it's still all salt water, and I've never been a fan of salt water. Remember when we went down to uh, Florida with the marching band, and we were, at, we were out on the beach, and I'm just looking at it going, okay, so this is kind of like our cottage up, at, up, at, up north because it's water as far as the eye can see. Okay. There are no oil rigs in Lake Michigan. That is true. So it's a, I've always just been a Lake Michigan fan. Right. So Lake Michigan seems to win 2-1 to one since Dave couldn't choose either. So Lake Michigan, Lake seems Michigan to win. wins 2-0, to zero, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you choose pools, so I figured... Yes, I, I do. I choose pools. Now wait, are you talking like a, like a pool, like a... Pool, or are you just talking just like a pool? A small contained body of water surrounded by concrete. So not a kiddie's pool. No, no, no. But, uh, Although, okay. like a hot tub would be nice too. Okay, so Dave's gonna go with the hot tub. <laughs> Very California. Okay, I can deal. <laughs> Very nice. Are those birds in the background? Yeah. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> I was just trying to think of something funny to say, and it, it just wasn't coming to me. So, yes, those would be uh, seagulls or pigeons. I don't know. They're really annoying sometimes during the day, but, yes, those are birds. Okay. Doesn't sound like any seagulls I've ever heard. Well, there's there's something out there. I just saw a seagull flying. That's why I said seagulls. I have no idea what kind of birds they are. Welcome to the Sounds of California podcast. Yes. <laughs> Sound of the state, but not ours. So, nope. Kyle, this yes, the, the Codita. Am I pronouncing yes. it right, too? Codita? Yeah, you, yep. Okay. Just like Codita. So, Codita. So, does this just basically allow you to code and leave everything on the cloud so you don't have to, you don't have to deal with, like, Dreamweaver and then all the, the syncing and the backups and everything? <laughs> Correct, yeah. You, um, it allow allow you to not only edit with a text editor similar to Dreamweaver, um, in the cloud, it would. It also has a um, a photo or image editing software built in as well. So it's not a Photoshop replacement by any means. I mean, Photoshop is, you know, pretty intensive and, and pretty large. But um, this will help you or allow you to edit images on the fly. Um, it does have a layering system similar to Photoshop. Um, so not only can you code a website, but you could also design a quick mock-up. Um, to send to a client or to a friend. Um, you know, if you had a banner ad that you needed to change the text on, you could do that all within Codita. You wouldn't have to pull up a program here or pull up another program there. You could do it all within the cloud. Hmm. That's really nice. Have you, uh, what, what sort of power do you have on that text editor? Like, did you take something? Is it a custom built one? It is, uh, we used Code Mirror. Um, and then, let's see, I think we synced up, we have uh, highlighting, syntax highlighting on it as well. Mm-hmm. So just, just like Dreamweaver does. Uh, and currently we're supporting um, XHTML, XML, CSS, JavaScript, and PHP. And there are a few other ones we can still support, you know, based on requests such as Ruby on Rails, for instance. 
So. Yay. <laughs> Go Ruby. Um, yeah, so it allows, yeah, essentially there's no more syncing and going back and forth. Um, with this, you would be able to have an entire local environment along with um, being able to update and upload things to your FTP remote server. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. So for like me, for instance, Andy, when I'm coming back to Michigan here next month, I can, I don't have to take my laptop. I don't have to take, obviously my desktop doesn't travel very mobily, um, but I don't have to take any kind of technology with me. I can go home, fly across the country, need to edit a client's website. All I need to do is jump on a computer with an internet connection and log on to Codita, make my change, save it, and it's done. No FTP client, no Dreamweaver, no Photoshop, nothing. It's all integrated in one location in the cloud. But you're, That's brilliant. You'd still bring your laptop, though, I just mean. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know you. You would bring your laptop. Yeah. This, is, this is true. This is true. Yeah. But if I didn't bring my laptop, I would still be able to edit things and not have to worry about having you know a local machine carried around with me. If you got mugged or something, you could just go to Starbucks. Exactly. Or not Starbucks, because exactly. they probably don't have a library. Yeah, a library. There you go. Public library. So. Yeah. Well, that is the future of cloud computing. Well, cloud computing. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can I get in the beta? <laughs> yeah, you can. Actually, um, like I mentioned earlier, we're releasing beta two um monday afternoon at three o'clock your guys's time so and beta two will be open to anybody beta one was a closed invite and beta two will be open to anybody awesome Mm -hmm. and then actually if you watch the video for anyone listening um i'm not sure when this is going up but if if you watch the old video on the current site right now dave um, the UI is completely different. We did an entire upgrade on the UI. We added in new features, um, polished off some of the old features. So the beta two will be a complete upgrade from what you're viewing right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that will be something I, I, I'm probably not going to look forward to, but Dave might. <laughs> well, actually, Andy, on, on that note, it, it is something that you could use because, for instance, if you guys – this is a good example for your listeners too to kind of get an idea of what it can do is if Dave set up your entire website on there, for instance, and you can also share projects and collaborate with people. For instance, if RAPodcast.net is a project on Dave's login, you log in, he shares the project with you, then if, for instance, you need to change something, you can make that change right within Codita. You wouldn't have to... Yeah, I know. That's a little scary. I, I'm sure Andy, the look on Andy's face right now is priceless, but... Uh, no, it's, it's actually the look on my face of the <laughs> terror of letting Andy loose on my code. <laughs> or, I guess, a better example would be if Dave had um, certain sections that were labeled, you know, Andy edit here, you could click the index page, log in, click the index page, edit what you need to save, and then upload it. You wouldn't necessarily have to have Dave editing everything. You could change a tech, you know, something here. You could change text there, add a link, take away a link. Um, and then we also have tasks. So you could, Dave could set up a task for you, for instance, on your shared project and say, Andy, learn how to code and put this in here. It's due by X date. And then you can tell Dave if it's hasn't been started. You can tell Dave if it's been com- in progress or if it's been completed. And you can even send him a message saying, Dave, I finished this task for you. Wow, man, that's got some nice educational possibilities. Yeah. 
there's it, it it has a lot i mean there's a lot of different angles that it could go at um but like i said i mean you can share you can collaborate um it really gives you you know all possibilities that you would use multiple programs for as a web developer or as any kind of developer you lost me at learning to code <laughs> andy andy for your birthday i will get you a html for dummies book <laughs> I've actually got I a, did it for, I've, I've got a I couple did, of those already. Oh well, in that case, I will give you a Sam highlighter. Set yourself PHP in twenty four hours. So here's the question: Would I really even really need to learn HTML anymore? Aren't we really beyond it? No, 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 no. When it comes down to it, even things like PHP and Ruby on Rails, you still need to know HTML, right? Because what you're doing is generating the HTML, right? The core foundation of HTML will never go away. It's something that, yeah. Like now, HTML. you actually, you, you can sort of get away without learning HTML itself if you learn something like HAML, H-A-M-L. Right. But I mean, the, you're still basically learning HTML. Right. I mean, the HTML is the, the basic basis of everything when it comes to, you know, programming a website. Yeah, anything on the web, it's, it's going to be based, you know, having that foundation of HTML knowledge is, is going to help you out a lot. So learn it, Andy. I suppose you could learn XML. Good, yeah. Wait, so we have HTML, you have Haml, like Mark Haml, and you have XML? Haml is just a, another way of writing HTML. It's it's a text for the same stuff. Let's see. Okay, I'm starting to get confused now. I think we should move on to topics. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I guess I was overestimating Andy's ability to take care of all that. Wow. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, Andy. You tried. But, well, I just always overestimated Dave's ability to um, handle forums. Yeah, no. I don't know why, because I tell you all the time, like, I never pay attention to forums. Especially since I'm getting a, uh, hold on, let me open the forums and tell you what error I'm getting. Undefined variable on the style sheet on line one of the code. Have you gone to the style sheet and looked at line one, Andy? No. <laughs> Yeah, that's PHP. That's not my area. That's. But Dave, it's all your area. <laughs> no, no, I told you, forums aren't my area. Andy, this is something you need to learn. No, I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine just bugging Dave about it, and hopefully sooner or later it'll get fixed. I don't even know what that error means. <laughs> Like, I, I know what it means, but I, I haven't looked at that script. And I have a feeling that line one of style.css.php is include something else PHP, which means that tracking down that error would be really a pain in the ass. Yeah, and it's on smileys. So you just, it's just a smiley. I think it's an error based on putting little smiley faces. So. Yeah, that is bizarre and wow. Screw that. So topics. <laughs> Topics. Huffington Post is making Twitter editions. Boil your article down to 140 characters? Well, they're, if you go to, like, one of them is HuffingtonPost.com slash sports slash Twitter. They basically, it's a correlation of um, Twitter posts by things like ESPN, US Today, BBC Sports, and Sports Personality Twitter posts. And it's interesting. It's very up to date, but I, I don't know. So it's like a... Just a, a feed um, aggregator or whatever it is. Yeah. So just yeah, it, it just aggregates certain topics of Twitter. Yeah. Which is a great idea. Oh yeah. 
but uh, I'm probably not going to spend much time with it. Yeah. I've been realizing I've been spending less and less time with Twitter. I agree. I think I'm spending less and less time with Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Here, I, I will say this to, to all your listeners out there. If someone could take the time and just create the original Facebook and call it, we can call it the OG Facebook, the original gangster Facebook. And Classic. Yeah, that's all I want. I don't want all these like buttons and open authentication so that I can be on any website and click like. I just want to be able to keep in contact with friends. That's all I want. Well, Kyle, Mr. Web Designer. (laughs) I mean, that's on cue, but, you know, I got plenty of other things to work on right now. (laughs) So, Andy, that's what should be your first web development project right there, buddy. Yes, because, you know, starting small (laughs) is the way to go. Walk you through it step by step. It's true. Uh, Intel is thinking, uh, or sorry, Intel is actually handing out an experimental 48 core chip. Wow. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you get your hands on that? (laughs) Um, be a very lucky researcher. Are you, uh, I think we lost Dave, by the way. Yeah, we lose Dave all the time. That's fine. Oh, okay. Come back at some point. Random moment. Yeah. I mean, a 48-core chip. I know. Thinking of like, okay, oh. so you got, you got the dual-core and then uh, the quad-core, and you got the, the PS3 with its 8-core-ish sort of chip, but yeah. this just 48 cores is... Uh, what do you do with 48 cores? What do you do with 4 cores? Well, I mean, I think my machine at, at work has uh, <laughs> quad-core, and I mean, it, it rocks working with Photoshop, Illustrator, Fireworks, and Dreamweaver all at the same time. Yeah, and, and parallels and multiple browsers open, but yeah, I mean, forty-eight does seem a little excessive. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, a massive data for massive data computers, powerful enough to do more of what humans can. What does that even mean? I don't know. Um, neural networking, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're getting robots soon, like iRobot. Maybe that's what a 48-core processor will do for us. (laughs) I I just love how the 48-core processor can only only draw us between 25 and 125 watts. Well, how much does your processor now take? Um, I could tell you, actually, because I was looking at my computer before. I think mine takes 50 watts at the moment. Well, then 48 cores doesn't sound like it's pulling very much at 125. No. Yeah. Huh. But I, it's, it's just so... 48 cores, it's just... Oh, excessive. Uh, uh, yeah, it, well, and it, it consists of two... So it consists of 24 dual-core modules. So you have 24 dual-core processors in a 48-core processor. That's really fun. And can I accommodate up to 64 gigs of memory? That's unnecessary. <laughs> 64 gigs of RAM? Yeah. I, Andy, I think we both had, and Dave, I'm sure, all three of us probably had computers that took 64 megs. Okay. Yeah, 64K. Uh, I, I think I still have a 64K chip somewhere well, in my basement. A, if you have a Commodore 64. That's true. 
64 What do I have gigs? now? I think I've got three gigs. Uh, let's see. Well, my computer's think- open right here, so I can see I have three sticks of RAM. I figure they're a gig each. Nice. I, on the laptop, I think I have two. At work, I have six. But I didn't pay for a works computer, so nice. I've got a lot there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got three gigs just sitting here that I need to get a computer to put it in. <laughs> this from Seattle? Yeah. My, Someone just gave you RAM. Well, it was a contest won that it. I won. The, oh, it's nice. It's a DDR3 RAM that runs at a, a 1600 megahertz. So it, it it's about a 100 bucks worth of RAM right here. I just need to find a use for it. Or sell it on eBay, one of the two. <laughs> or you know, give it to a friend. Right. Who might need a new computer. Dave, I need a new laptop and a new computer. True. I might need both, too. <laughs> Yes, but mine actually well, survived more than a year. My laptop, Andy, has certainly survived more than a year, and I can prove that. I bought my laptop at Circuit City. Wow. Yes, but your laptop is having black black light, not black light. Backlight. Backlight, backlight issues. Backlight. Well, the hinge just broke, and so the the screen is kind of split from the computer, and that doesn't sound safe. Yeah. No, it's it's not good. So your laptop surviving more than a year just means that it's yeah. <laughs> and then my desktop's fan died yeah, like two days ago. That was a treat to walk home to. <laughs> so somebody has interfaced an EEG headset with the uh, Ar- the Adreno. Whatever the heck that is. I forget. What is it? A chip or is it a <laughs> small computer? I don't know. I got nothing. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. It's a single board microcontroller. Okay. So he interfaced an EEG right. headset with this microcontroller and an IR transmitter, and he can control. And yeah, he can control his TV, TV remote with his mind. <laughs> That's uh, kind of weird. <laughs> How does that work? Does he just think up, down, left, right? Um, yeah, because it the the EEG the program with the EEG for the mind control quote unquote stuff is it's a little box and you can think of either like yeah. either I think it's either you push the box or you pull the box. I'm thinking of one of those two things. Lift the box. Lift the box. Like move the box. Lift. Yeah, it's you. You basically train it to recognize the the patterns of a certain. Uh, kind of state of mind so if you're thinking up that state of mind is is more or less the same every time you think it interesting so you can train the device to recognize that so i instead of thinking up i could say you know channel up hmm. but he so far has just gotten it to turn the tv on and off but hmm. the things you can do with your own eeg headset and a single board microcontroller. That's awful. <laughs> and really cool. But I'm just thinking, like, if you're, like, watching, a, like, a, I'm just thinking, like, what happens if you're watching a sporting event and you're just thinking, like, okay, you need to move the ball up, 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 and your TV just keeps on shutting on and off every time you think of up. <laughs> I was thinking about that, like, hmm, this is cool, but man, like, you got to take that headset off. Yeah, it's just like, you like, move the camera up, and the TV shuts off. Crap. Or you have to preface every command with another command. So, it just seems seems like too much work. 
I'd rather just press on, off, up, down, left, right on my remote yeah, but, control. You know, this way you'll you'll like never lose your remote. Unless you lose your mind. <laughs> exactly. Oh. In which case you have worse problems. <laughs> I'm just thinking of just the Project Natal, you're not allowed to move. Otherwise the the the, the game will think, Oh, your movement is actually something in the game, so you'll die. And now with the EEG yep. headset you can't even think about anything else other than what you're doing because something else bad will happen. No, or- Perfect consumer. <laughs> you must be of sound mind and body and focused entirely on what you're doing on the TV and nothing else. Yep. Yeah, that's that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> so an online newsroom finally won a Pulitzer. Cool. Yeah. Really? Good for them. It was it was an article that was actually reprinted in an actual newspaper, but it was originally posted online. So the original story was um, posted by ProPublica, a nonprofit online newsroom. Well, good for the Pulitzer Commission for for going with that, and good for the guy for getting it. Yeah, that's really impressive. And um, the first cartoon, it was an online entry for that won the cartoon Pulitzer as well. So Nice. A political cartoon. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very nice. Granted, they were still, it's still lagging far behind regular newsprint, but this is a first-time winner. So It's a step. I, uh, I feel like I should mention this because it's never happened before, but since we are doing this via Skype, um, I just got a Skype spammer. Um, well, I've gotten plenty of them. Sex, sexy Search 2010. <laughs> Never happened before. My yes. favorites are the ones that are like, Yo, your system is critically infected. Click here to remove it over Skype. <laughs> They're just trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they're trying to be helpful by trying to mimic exactly what's going on with your computer in another window. <laughs> That's what I, I always love because I've got the um, the Zune theme for my XP desktop. So all of basically what's blue is actually black on my desktop. So you'll get the the little like Internet Explorer windows will pop open and it'll show uh, your your computer desktop as it's being infected by files or something like that. But it's all still the blue bars. This is the wrong yeah, theme. Like, that's not my <laughs> computer. I know that for a fact. So Andy, are you a nerd geek or dork? I am, I don't know. This is a very, because I don't really have the social ineptitude. Right. So I would, I would have to, would I be a geek then? Yes. According to this chart. According to this chart, I would be a geek. Because I'm good with that. Sounds about right. I, I'd like to consider myself a geek too, according to this chart. But you don't think you're socially inept? <laughs> no, I, I really don't think I'm socially inept. I, I generally can handle myself in social situations. That's, that's usually a good quality to have. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember taking those, like, what type of nerd are you questions, and I remember the uh, the social ineptitude section, I scored like a zero or like a two percent on or something like that. Right. So I'm, we, We've been taught how to handle ourselves in social situations. Yes. It's true. We could go out to the beach and be like, word, what up? <laughs> No, that would be the socially inept. <laughs> yeah, you got to go a little deeper than that. Yo, what up? Yeah, just like that. Okay. <laughs> Take the nerd test? Mm, I will have to do that later. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just a stickler for taking tests, which actually proved a downfall at one point. 
because they were trying to test me for ADD. They should give you a test that's like, what, you know, how many of your passwords do you remember? What sort of things do you use for your password? <laughs> password one, two, three, four. Which I use password for all my passwords. Yeah. <laughs> my username is always admin. <laughs> this is kind of annoying because I actually don't run an admin for uh, XP now. I actually run it as a as a uh, as just regular user. But every time XP restarts, it always logs in as admin. So mm-hmm. I have to log myself out in order to log myself back in. You you don't have a password on your admin account? No, I I don't actually. I should probably add that now. <laughs> You might want to do that. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Ooh, there's an iPod Touch. I mean, this is the guy who has a password on his Xbox Live account. Mm-hmm. Not for the, the actual Live account, but for logging into it on an Xbox. He's got it locked with some button combination. X, X, Y, B, X, Y, B. It's, it's four. I was close. And you can use all of the directions of the D-pad, all of the X, Y, A, B buttons, and both triggers and bumpers. So one, two, three, wow. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So that's 12 possible combinations, and there's four of them. So 12 to the fourth, Andy. Yeah, I was trying to do that in my head, and I'm like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> one, four, <laughs> four, square. 20,736. So yeah, if if you've got some time, that right? That doesn't seem right. Twelve to the fourth, twenty thousand seven hundred and thirty-six, according to Google. I guess so. Yeah, twenty thousand. Yeah, that's what All I right. said. Yeah. I mean, come on, Dave. <laughs> twenty thousand. I'm. I I claim. Uh, I don't know. Even an excuse for those for today. <laughs> Dave's had a busy day. Dave's had a really busy weekend. Dave did okay. the gamers outreach thing this weekend. Ooh. Which is also why Dave has no voice. I mean, you sound okay to me. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, this is odd. Yeah. And I went to my user accounts, and there's my other account. The guest accounts is off, and there's the .NET account, which is used because of .NET. But there is no administrator one there, so I can't really add a password. Hmm. Huh. Well, then. Interesting. I will have to hunt that down later. So, Andy, what's the stupidest thing you've done in a bar? Well, Dave, I worked at a bar. <laughs> Okay, um, so what's the stupidest thing you've done in a bar? That, let's let's redefine that. Stupidest or most embarrassing? Oh, just stupidest. Well, they okay. did have sort of a light SMM, uh, S&M night at the bar at one point, so I wore a kid-sized t-shirt and a dog leash around, as a, around my neck. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you asked. Wow! I'm saying you you asked what was the most embarrassing thing yeah. I've done at a bar. Yes, I had to dress up. Kyle, or... can, can you top that? Because I can't. I, I cannot. Uh, I cannot. And even if I could, I don't think I would want to. I feel like your listeners really just need to continue envisioning that in their heads. So yeah, I, no, so, no. I, I think we need to move on. So yeah, I had the, had the uh, tight black pants and the tight black t-shirt because it was like a kid's t-shirt. And I had a dog leash around my neck that had the thing attached to it still. And I was, I was working bar back that night, which really sucked because that leash kept on like catching on things. So I would literally like choke myself a couple of times. <laughs> Why didn't you just take the leash off? It was part of the costume. Oh god! <laughs> hey, are there pictures of no. this? No, please tell me no. no. There are not. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's wow. way more than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> hey, we were trying to drum up business before the bar closed down completely. Right. Well, the reason I brought this up is that recently the, this poor Apple employee has done something actually that even puts Andy's little stunt to shame. Uh, he had a prototype of the iPhone 4 and left it at the bar. Oh, yeah. You, There's you heard a the, whole saga about this now. Well, you heard that they, the guy that reported it for, um, was it Gizmodo? They, they mm-hmm. The uh, police department searched his home when he wasn't there. Really? Yeah. He was out to dinner and yeah. the police busted down his door and um, took his computers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Apple originally trying to fight the idea of Big Brotherism? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what the huge 1984 commercial was? Yep. yep. Well, it's interesting, too, because they tried to seize um, his laptop and a bunch of other equipment. And apparently under California law, that's illegal to do to journalism or journalists. Um, mm-hmm. And bloggers under California law are considered, considered. journalists. That's so, nice. Yeah. So a lawyer's having a field day with that right now. Oh man! Uh, Who was it? Was it Jason yeah. Chen? Was he the? Yep. It was his that got seized. Yeah, so all the poor guy. So we all know exactly what the new iPhone is going to be like. We could spend the rest of the episode talking about this and and what happened and stuff like that. But I think just linking it and sending our listeners over there. That's why I the page I linked has the complete quote unquote the complete lost iPhone saga. So how it lost the phone, why Apple couldn't get the phone back, all details about the device, and they actually dissected it, which. Oh, yeah, I've got the brand new iPhone. Let's take it apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it goes together, but let's take it apart. <laughs> very, very carefully. So now everybody, the, this was something that I actually saw on like NBC Nightly News had was talking about this. The Daily Show was talking about this. So everybody knows about it now. Mm-hmm. So here's a question to, to you gentlemen. Yes. What, what do you do if you're Apple? You're pretty much your most popular product of the past couple of years has been the prototype has been released. So now everyone knows what's coming. Do you add subtract? Nothing has changed. Know, features? No one is surprised that they had a prototype of iPhone four. Mm-hmm. No one was, Oh, I had no idea they were working on something like that. They knew it's been in the works. They knew it was going to come out. Yeah. I think just Apple does what it normally does. Just announces it in June and releases it in August. That's yeah. that's all you can do. I, you could make some You you just keep going on. Nothing happens. You could poke some fun at it during the uh during the press conference a little bit, but you still just have to release it in June like you were going to. Did did the employee that lost it, did he get fired? Don't know. Do we know. I don't think he got fired. Most likely, I hope, I hope not, because that was just. I don't think he got fired. He probably just got taken off the list of people allowed to leave the, the campus with the software and hardware, because it's evidently a very limited list. Steve Jobs knew exactly who had all the prototypes. Wow. And so I have a feeling that this guy's lost his right to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love how Steve Wozniak just chimes in about the whole thing with all this randomly. There's a picture of Steve Wozniak saying, I went drinking with Gary Paul and all I got was a lousy iPhone prototype. Yep. Oh, wow, this is funny. (laughs) So, 
Continuing with Apple, uh, a man loses a finger and his iPad when he gets robbed. That is a shitty day. Yeah. Uh, there's really not much more to say on that one. Yeah. I just want to know what type of bag he was carrying this iPad in that he loses his pinky. It just ripped off the, the flesh of the finger? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's leprosy. That would also that'd be a pretty shitty life on top of a shitty day. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, so watch out. Apple bags are killers. Mm-hmm. With iPads, yeah. apparently. And then um, there's the whole Apple versus Adobe thing that's been going on. Where Adobe is, uh, Apple was blocking Adobe's apps that in, I should go back, in Flash, when you write a Flash program, Adobe had added something that let you export it as if it were an iPhone app. And then you could upload that to the app market and you'd, you'd be fine. Uh, Apple started blocking that. And so Adobe, instead of trying to find a workaround for Apple's blocking, dropped it completely. Well, did they... Weren't they um, looking to... Because there's also the whole debate about Flash as well, yeah. right? And, yep. Cause and they, they're, they're ceasing uh, development for Flash for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. They're they're giving up on that. They're moving to Android. Yep. And, uh, and uh, was it Flash ten one or ten two is going to be on the next Android update? Uh ten two, if I remember correctly. Wow. Will be released with Android two point two. So, and then Steve Jobs put out an open letter on Apple's position on Flash, which is really funny. The first thing he brings up is that it's not an open platform. Oh yeah, because you know Apple is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Flash they, isn't an open app. What? <laughs> haven't those really? two hated? Haven't those two hated hated each other for a very long time? Oh, they've been best of friends. Are you kidding? When you think of Photoshop, you don't think of it on a PC. Everyone uses it on Macs. It's yeah. It's been uh, the idea. All the graphic design you think of Adobe and you think of yeah, Mac. That was I was really pissed because our graphic communications department just got a whole bunch of Macintosh computers with really nice Wacom touch tablets and everything. And it was just sad because mm-hmm. they got all the Macintosh computers after I had left. <laughs> so, yeah, but now this is there's definitely a, a split between Apple and Adobe. It happens. <laughs> so, yeah, they, but man, you think about the number of websites out there that use Flash. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's actually, at least for the sites I use, not that much. Yeah, it's it started to die off as like a web development um, tool. I mean, more more people are moving to jQuery as a replacement. HTML5. Because yep. HTML5 will do um, video just as good. Well, maybe not just as good, but definitely up there with uh, Flash. So, Because I know YouTube has been talking about moving from Flash to HTML5 and started a beta with it. Yep. Hmm. All right. All right, so what's um, next? The McAfee antivirus program, um, when it updated, uh, basically bricked your PC for a bit. Only if you had a Windows XP Enterprise Edition? I think so, but still, I don't want my antivirus yeah. to... No, I'm, I'm saying oh, okay. it is. Well, yeah, it, <laughs> so they had a, an update to their virus definitions, and it misidentified a key Windows component as a virus. Oops. 
so you know, this was an automatic update, and all of a sudden, all these companies and educational institutions and hospitals had their computer systems shutting down and permanently restarting. Oops. <laughs> Uh, this is including the U of M and the U of M hospital. Oh. And all I can say is that if they'd updated to seven, they wouldn't have had that problem. <laughs> I would just say, just stop using McAfee. I have. I've used, uh, I use Microsoft yeah. security essentials now. Nice. Yeah, it's Microsoft's own antivirus software, and it's free, and it works perfectly fine with all Windows computers. And hopefully at, at some point it won't identify itself as a virus. Yeah, so you're, yeah that would, if Microsoft somehow accidentally messes up and identifies key window components as viruses, something is wrong. Yeah. Um, Ebert, Roger Ebert, has continued his fight on... Anti-video games yeah. as art. So there's, there's a whole thing. I, I want him to give me a definition of art. Well, go read the... Uh, I, I linked the response to Ebert's response to somebody's TED at USC talk. So it's a whole saga there. It's I really don't care if it's art or not. They're fun. So, hey, whatever. Right. But if you, if you got like 20 minutes, just watch the 15-minute video, read Roger Ebert's response, and then read her response to Ebert's response. And you'll get the whole saga all in once. Sounds good. Yep. March Madness. is expanding. How is your bracket, oh, Andy? shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy. How was your bracket? Thanks, Dave. <laughs> the one show that Kyle is on and bring up March Madness. Damn it. Yep. <sighs> I, I love listening to it. It's like, oh no, I got it. I got Syracuse, man. It's gotta be Syracuse all the way. You know, they they they've got the, the stadium advantage. They know what they're doing. Yeah, not so much. That's I, I I took the same route. I thought Syracuse was going to take it, and I was proven very very yeah, wrong. Even Obama was proven wrong. <laughs> this year. Yeah. Sorry, I beat Andy, and that's all that matters. Well, all of, right. Duke won, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. Man, yeah. if Butler would have won, oh, that would have just been. But oh well. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> but this true. year, it's going to be moved to 68 teams now. Yep. Instead of 64? Well, yeah. 65? Yeah. They have a, they have a four brackets of 60. There's oh, a play-in okay. game that happens yeah, the day before. I see. So now there's... So is that not going to happen yeah, anymore, then? Well, no, there's still going to be the one play-in... There's going to be four play-in games now. One for each bracket. One oh, for okay. each... Um, I got you. Well, that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we went from yeah. 48 to 64 teams back in 1985, and then and now we're up to 60. We went from 64 to 65 in 2001. Now we're going to be up to 68 teams. Well, they want to expand it to 90 something. 96, I think, is what they wanted That's to expand not it. Not going to happen. And I, I saw the bracket, and it was a headache. Like it, it was enormous with 96 teams on it. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, we already spend plenty, plenty of time deciding what's going to happen with 65. 68 is going to add a little bit of time, but could you imagine how much time you would spend on your bracket with 96 teams? No, probably not too much more. Andy, Andy would spend an entire Andy two would extra spend two days. weeks doing it. But uh, I mean, how do you guys start your bracket? Do you do you work from the middle out or from the edges in? Edges in. Well. It's a toss-up because the way that most people's points are set up there, you have to figure out what the final four teams are. So right. once you figure out the final four, the first day is basically all about statistics. Well, the first two days. The first, the first round is all about basically statistics, and then you've got to figure out about your final four teams, and then I fill in the holes after that. Mm-hmm. 
But now, just think about it. It's like, since we were born, the NC March Madness went from 48 to 68 teams. And mm-hmm. there is still a possibility of expanding it with the new TV deal that they yep. showed up there with um, CBS and Turner Broadcasting. So your, t- your, your TV awesome. show might not be on TBS now, which will <laughs> seem weird because it's cable. Well, and well, now you'll be able to see, now you'll be able to watch every single game. Because now, for instance, being here on the West Coast, I mean, if we went to a bar or somewhere or just wanted to watch it on TV, you know, we could only see certain games just like you guys can. They're all regional based. Now, I mean, unless you have the, the t- package with DirecTV, but now they said with this or, new TV deal. Yeah, internet, the internet is what I use. Right. That's what I use too. But I mean, on lunch breaks when we would go to eat, you know, you watch it on TV or when you're home, you watch it on TV. Now you'll be able to watch every single game without having to have a special package. Or the internet. Or the internet. It's how I watched it at home and at work. In HD. I, I did as well. It, it was just that. Um, you could watch it on Hulu, except most likely it will be a really? nine ninety five subscription. Yeah, they had some of the games on Hulu. Ooh, are they finally moving yep. to that model or is just still contemplating it? May 24th. They have to. Nine nine five subscription service. Now this wouldn't be because Hulu you can watch the most the five most recent episodes that have appeared on TV. The mm-hmm. subscription mm-hmm. service just increases that to the entire backlog. So okay, w- what we know as Hulu will still exist, but you just pay the ten bucks a month and you can expand it to and you get whatever more. Hulu's got online instead of just the most recent episodes. Okay, um, Andy, how are we doing on time? Um, we should probably hit the random topic. So I'm trying to go through these very quickly. All um, right, uh, Library of Congress. Library of Congress is an archive of Twitter. Twitter. All of Twitter. All of Twitter. Not just American yeah. tweets. All yes. of Twitter. Which is bizarre and interesting, and I kind of wish I were a historian in 200 years. <laughs> to know when somebody went to the bathroom? Like, <laughs> what, is the, what is the point of the Library of Congress doing this? I have no idea, but it's, I mean, what's the point of the Library of Congress? Catalog all information that has been... Well, Twitter sounds like a really good way to do that. (laughs) You're going to get social trends. You're going to, I mean, think about it. They're using Twitter to predict earthquakes, right? Yeah. Well, you'll be able to go back and get that information. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, all of my haikus now will be in the Library of Congress. Andy's haikus are the high point of Twitter for me. (laughs) It's true. I'll agree with that. And um, University of uh, Maryland did a study of 200 college students to try and go without media for 24 hours. So all all media oh for 24 hours. So text messages, TV shows, music, email, Facebook, Newspapers. everything for 24 hours. How'd they do? A lot of them were having a constant feeling of discomfort and sickening, and they felt alone and secluded. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a yeah. disconnect. So. I do it when I, I realize I forget my phone. You get like anxious and, and a little nervous, and it's this awful disconnect. I don't have that problem. I think I'm going to start leaving my phone in my room like every so often just to, to kind of try and get used to that they feeling. Just <laughs> shut off your data yep. connection. Nope. That's all you have to do. Just shut off your data connection. I can do that on my BlackBerry. You just go over it, and then I can shut off my data connection. Don't have to worry. Yeah, but I still have the phone. So, so I'm still connected. By a f- whether I have a data connection or not, I'm still connected. I can still call you. You can still contact me. Yes. <laughs> I think it's kind of important to not only experience but be able to handle being disconnected. 
Yes, but then there's the point of, oh my gosh, I just got hit by a car. Let me call 911. Well, I'm not going to take it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Andy, but I'm saying like I'm going to leave my phone in my room and walk around for a bit. Yeah, what happens if you get hit by a car? I'm going to leave my phone in my room and drive to Milwaukee. <laughs> You're living in Ann Arbor. Drivers are crazy in Ann yeah. Arbor. So are pedestrians. I know. Not as bad as Los Angeles. Well, yeah, I could see. <laughs> students are <off. laughs> That is true. Kyle, graduation was yesterday. Students have left. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Kyle, how bad is L.A. traffic compared to Ann Arbor? Um, that's, that's a very interesting question. Traffic sucks. Um, but the reason there is traffic isn't necessarily that there's a lot of cars on the road. A lot of it is... People just don't know. They don't know how to adapt to driving situations. So people in Ann Arbor, if it snows, you know, you have the few idiots that go too fast, a few idiots that go too slow, and the rest of the people adapt if it rains, so on. In Los Angeles, if it rains, everybody drives 20 miles an hour, scared out of their minds. (laughs) When it is sunny, I had this happen yesterday or Friday, when it's sunny outside, so you're getting off work about 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, it's sunny out. People don't know how to drive with the sun in their eyes, so they drive 25 miles an hour on the highway. It's awful. So, yeah, they don't know how to adapt versus people in Ann Arbor do. But the traffic sucks either way. So. And our um, final topic, speaking of California, uh, the Supreme Court has agreed to rule on the California video violent video game law. The one Yay. that was also knocked, the one that was in Michigan, that was uh, signed into law in Michigan, but then hit down because of the First Amendment rights. So right. they're going to, um, it, they're going to hear the course we'll and they're going to rule on it. So finally we can get. And it is the Supreme yeah. Court. So that's pretty much it. You can't, you don't get to appeal no, this no, one. No. So they announced that they're going to do it, but it's not going to be heard until the next term, which starts in October. But cool. this is just a heads up that it's going to happen. So That said, this is the same Supreme Court that required a lawyer to explain the difference between an email and a text message. <laughs> yeah, but this is a Supreme Court also that ruled against the guy uh, blocking the sale of the dog fighting videos. So they are pretty pro-First Amendment rights. So hopefully... Right. They're, they're pro-First Amendment, but my point is they don't know what technology is. Well, yes, they're a bunch of old people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the best part is it was it was the Justice Roberts who was the youngest one on the court. Uh, Talk about a disconnect, right? So that's all the topics. So random topic. All right, random topic. Out of time. Um, we all only right. have four left. So if people want to suggest random topics, that'd be great. <laughs> um, random topic: baking tips and tricks. Mm, baking cookies. Cookies are delicious. Baking tips. Make mm. things you want to eat. And then eat them. Tricks. Add chocolate and marshmallows. Vanilla. Regular vanilla or imitation vanilla? Pure vanilla extract. Don't... I am totally baking cookies after this podcast, too. (laughs) Uh, My my other big tip slash trick, watch Good Eats. Did I? Really, just watch watch anything on Food Network. Yeah, pretty much. You will learn something. Oh, man. And it will be (laughs) delicious. I love Chopped. Oh, that is such a funny show where they just literally give you a box of mysterious ingredients and they're like, okay, make an appetizer in 20 minutes. Go. Go. Wow. That'd be so much fun. There's there's just random things. There's like one time was like olive loaf 
and they had like ginger snaps <laughs> and just ostrich eggs, frog legs. It's, oh, God. Just, it's the most random ingredients, and they just have to make something from them. And sometimes they fail by not cooking things. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd get a bag like that. I'd be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> have a nice day. Uh, this was fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I'm out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to take this loaf of bread with me. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the ingredients. I'm done. <laughs> two, two of the chefs at the very end um, were doing shots because they both finished up a little bit early. And so they're just like, Ooh. we just, I, I need a drink after this. So that one of them just, they did shots, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Very nice. <sighs> Baking tips. <laughs> Turn the All oven right. down a little bit. It, down? Turn the oven off when you're yes. done. Yeah, that's, that's a key one. <laughs> There's been times you're just like, what's that noise? Oh, the oven's still on. Oops. Why is it so hot in here? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, oh, you're in California. Well, doesn't mean that leaving my oven on at 450 degrees won't increase the heat in my tiny apartment. <laughs> the difference between 80 and 400 is actually quite appreciable, Andy. Um, ratios also don't work very well. So if it says 20 minutes at 250 degrees, 10 minutes at 500. That does not mean 10 minutes at yeah. 400. Does not work. <laughs> it sh- it should it should though it should. <laughs> then we should be able to bake an entire turkey in like five seconds. That would be awesome. I'd eat turkey every night. You just need like a two thousand degree oven. <laughs> <laughs> Go over to the uh, the pottery place. Can I borrow your kiln? <laughs> I'll bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I just bring the turkey over. <laughs> <laughs> Let the butter sit a little bit before you use it. Melt so it will soften a bit. Mm-hmm. Depends what you're using it for. Well, I've just never uh, for, for pie crust. You want some of the butter the butter to be soft, and you want some of the butter to be very cold and flaky. Mm, butter. I'm just gonna go eat butter. <laughs> just. I'm so hungry. I have not eaten breakfast or lunch yet. I had a bowl of cereal just before recording, and that was it. But for you, it's only 12.30, so... This this is true. This is true. I'm going to bake some cookies, because we talked about some baking, and uh, cook some lunch. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having uh, me, gentlemen. Thanks for telling us about Codita, because that looks really cool. Well, thank you. I will, uh, Dave and Andy both, um, I will send you guys an email tomorrow. Uh, Monday for the new beta so that you guys can join and all the listeners out there you are also welcome to join uh, once again it's codita the word code and then ita.com so okay thank the, you all right oh last cool. last thing it is the last week because we had a random topic recap so i'm extending it a little bit the contest for the survey last week this last week oh yeah next time we record we will pick our winners so if you haven't filled it out There's, you you have a very good chance at this point of getting an amazon gift one card. out of Woo-hoo. 20 no 17 at the moment we, we have 17 so there's at <laughs> least like two amazon gift cards i think one amazon maybe two i don't remember yeah i took the survey I hope I win. Kyle actually is the last person uh, okay. to have taken the survey. Nice. So, yeah, 
Take the survey. <laughs> Win an Amazon gift card. Tell your friends. Which is evidently, so far, how most people heard about this show. Hey, that ever works. It's true. It's people telling their friends. So continue, please, to tell your friends about this show. <laughs> and I guess All right. we'll see you next time. We're done. Mm-hmm.